Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ, an OnlyFans exclusive show, OnlyFans.com slash Shelly SJ Smoke Out. If you want to be a subscriber, of course, come check us out. Subscribe to the show. You can get on the Zoom sessions that we do right here, right now, as we are doing. Uh, we do have a subscriber standing by in the waiting room. We'll bring him on in a minute. And now uh, you can blaze with us, ask questions, participate, all that stuff. Plus, you get access to every show on video. I'm, of course, Stoner Jesus. You can find me at stonerjesus.net. I'm up to various shenanigans on the interwebs, and Shelly Martinez is also up to various shenanigans. ShellyMartinez.net. Shelly, I know you tweeted earlier about your back. Uh, how are you doing? Let me tell you something. I don't know what the hell happened last week. Okay, so we hung out. We had a really good time. I thought that was a really good first show, right? Indeed. So. After I was done, because if you remember, I was sitting on my floor in front of my bar because I wanted my little Shelly sign. And um, when I got up, I was doing a little bit more editing of some stuff I was working on. And I was standing up because I stand a lot. I'm a stander. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is I prop up all my gadgets and gizmos of plenty on my counter so that I can just work by standing up, right? So I was kind of like, ooh, you know, my back kind of feels weird maybe it kind of tweaked it or something so I was kind of like bending over you know just to kind of stretch it out and then when I was done and I stood up straight I was like "Ooh, that really really hurts so I have this thing where it's like um it's supposed to be like a massager and it gets different points on you it's like a cylinder and what you do is you put it on the floor and you roll your back on it you know mm -hmm. so I did that and when it was in my upper back I started to get to where the problem area was and when it got there, I was in so much pain that I didn't know what to do. I knew if I moved, it was going to be worse. So I just thought I had to stay in that consistent pain for a moment. And I was like, dude, what do I do? I got to get out of this position, but like, I don't want to move. This is terrible. So eventually I pry the thing from under me and then I just laid on my floor for a while and ever since then, my back has been jacked the F up. And I had some custom uh, wrestling to do on the weekend. And I'm grateful it wasn't so much wrestling wrestling. It was more like just putting a girl in holds. But it still yeah. it sucked. I had this like wrap thingy. I was looking at the, some of the footage today that I, my sister got behind the scenes. I was like, damn it. You could totally see I have a thing under my clothes, whatever. But it like sucked. But... Since then, I would say yesterday is when I felt like so much better. Now, going back to Fred Mertz, my 20-year-old, sometimes he gets really needy at nighttime. So I have to hold him like this with my arm, right? So when it's one of those nights where he just won't quit and I have to hold him like all night, it Fs my back up. So now the original pain was down here from last week. Well, it's now traveled up. <laughs> it's getting better down there, but it's traveled up in this region and... I'm just like, what the hell? Because I went from last Wednesday till really about Monday in consistent pain. So yesterday wow. was my first day of relief. So I was like, awesome. Then I wake up today and I'm like, Fred Mertz threw my back out. So it feels like I'm getting stabbed over and over and oh, over wow. in the same spot. And at one point, I was doing some editing for my sites and I was like, I am so exhausted now. I have to sleep. Like I need to take a nap. So like I took a nap and 
I don't feel better, but I have my friend wine here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been trying to cut back on my drinking lately just because of, um, I'm trying to speed up my fitness journey, but I'm like, I don't care. This sucks. (laughs) I, I, this completely sucks. And (laughs) you know, I, I, it's just really draining. So earlier when I was tweeting, one of the things I said was, um, watch out. It might turn into a bitch fest tonight because like, especially when we get our subscriber on here with us, he's somebody that is part of my sites. So when I bitch about some of the things that I might bitch about, maybe I won't, but I might bitch about because my patience is about this thin right now. So when people (laughs) are being silly and normally I'm just like, uh, I'm just like, I can't today people like don't. And then on top of it, I started my period this morning. Oh. So I got that going on too. It's a lot at once. <laughs> I know it, it is. And then on top of it, I found out just hours ago that Bob Ryder, who was in, uh, when I was in TNA was part of the travel he, in the office, he put people's um, schedules together and stuff. Uh, that he passed away. So on top of everything, and it's not like I was all buddy-buddy with him or anything, but you know, it's just one of those things when it's somebody you know that's passed away, it like kind of just affects you in a weird way. It kind of just makes you, man, that's like, ooh. And that's like, you ever watched that movie, Three Amigos? Yeah. Okay. You know the character El Guapo? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a part of the movie where Steve Martin, he's giving the people of San Boco a pep talk, and he says, um, you know, some people, you know, everyone has an El Guapo. Some people, shyness is their El Guapo, and it's so true. Like, everyone has an El Guapo. Well, my El Guapo is death. It always has been. That's why I'm a vampire, because vampires don't die, do they? So that's where the obsession comes from since I was little. So when death, it's always something I'd have consistently in my mind. And my friends get a little worried about me sometimes. They'll be like, Shelly. But it's really weird, Stoner Jesus, because sometimes, like, let's say a lot of nonsense is just going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I get my death thought attacks. All of a sudden, those things don't matter anymore. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, we're all going to die. Like, people that know me in my personal life, they know when I'm in one of those vibes, I go, we're all going to die one day. <laughs> They're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. But when I get to that point, it actually helps me in a weird way because yeah. let's say this person over here is being toxic and throwing me negative energy and I'm letting it consume me because I'm like, why, why, why are they doing this? I didn't do anything. But then when I think of it in those life and death terms, I'm like, I'm not going to worry about it. Like, God bless them. That's on them, whatever, whatever, but who cares? Like life is, this is life. It's real, you know? So that's what I got going on. Pain, my period and my El Guapo at its height right now. <laughs> um, unfortunately, our subscriber, oh, he just called back in. So this would be a good time okay, to bring good. him on the show. Let's bring him in. Awesomeness. This is the, one of the perks of being a subscriber. To chill with very cool people yes. like us. I feel like I should be drinking too, so I got some uh, really horrible whiskey. Oh, this is bad. I would not recommend this at all. It's, <laughs> it was like nine dollars for this entire bottle. Oh, hey, it'll make uh, you feel good though, right? Yeah, I don't want to shell out the the fourteen bucks for the Jim Beam because I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> Jesse, uh, welcome to the show. Can you hear us? 
because we cannot hear you. So you have uh, your microphone on, your radio is not on. Uh, you're a subscriber to the show. Welcome to the show, in any case. Maybe Jesse's having technical issues. That happens a lot on Zoom. But he's there, so there you have it. Hey, that's all I promised as far as subscribers go. If you have access to the show, I can't come to your house and fix your crap. I can't fix my crap. I got stuff going wrong all the time over here. I can't fix that. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so dumb. Um, as I've been talking about how I've been trying to get my website, you know, all hooked up the way I need it to. Um, one of the things I mysteriously have done. Hey, here we go. Is, oh, Jesse? Can you hear us, Jesse? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's the lack of uh, hearing. Maybe. Oh, well, well, he's there. He can see us, I'm sure, and hear us. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> Jesse, and he's, he's very um, – he's, Jesse's very easy. Oh. <laughs> starting, starting rumors on the show. <laughs> but it's true. It's a fact. Because Jesse is the type – he's a supporter that um, – you know, he's just like, whatever. Okay, it's cool whatever. Don't worry about it. It's all good, which is really awesome. I get spoiled with Jesse sometimes. With technology, you really got to be that way. Yeah. Just, I used to obsess over audio and just glitches and streams cutting out and all kinds of crap. And well, well it aged me terribly, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that you could see a little chat. I just saw a chat pop up. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. He's trying to figure out stuff. Okay. Okay. Trying to figure cool. it out. Hey. Um, but this, but going back with technology, so when I was building my site in the like the pay part, I don't know what I did, but for some reason, after that day, if I'm on my Wi-Fi, I can't get on my website. But if I go on my phone's data, it's on there. So anytime oh, wow. I upload to my website now, I have to hook my computer up to the Wi-Fi of my phone which I live by the mountains, so it's not always that great. So it's real awesome. It's real awesome. So you've somehow <laughs> blocked your own and uh, I, I website restarted the router. Yes. I, the router, everything. Okay. My host for my website, it all checked out. Nothing's on that mm -hmm. on the site. On WordPress, nothing's wrong there. My router restarted it, gave new network. It just won't work. My, and my, I have Spectrum um, cable and Wi-Fi. Called them, did all the tests, and no one knows. And every time, I've, I went hours, hours on the, online <laughs> looking for this error. And I've done everything that everyone has done. And then I feel like I hit gold when I find someone that writes a post saying, I've done everything. And I'm like, okay, this person has having my problem and then they get their problem figured i'm like oh my gosh no <laughs> no yeah i spent a lot of time on forums going through different problems and seeing if someone else figured it out it's uh takes a long time sometimes i would say it's, it's when you gotta let it go well, it's about, to the best of your ability so, what am i supposed to do <laughs> It's my damn website. Rig it up and do your other Wi-Fi. <laughs> I, I do, and it's very frustrating at times. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. What, I got to go to Starbucks or something? <laughs> there you go. I've been in places before, like doctor's offices and stuff, and I'll try bringing up my website, and it'll be blocked in some places, like they already know mm. what's on there. I remember when I started Blog Talk Radio, I think it was 2008, and um, I, was, I put my stuff as mature, but there was another level above mature, 
And like an hour after I was on my show, they sent me an email that says, well, you're on the wrong level. You need to be on the upper level, the most restricted level to where anybody's under 18, they can't search you at all. Ugh. You know, God bless blog talk. I got my good start there. But mm -hmm. man, they're so, you would think, especially now with like time has changed, they've been around for a while. They have a more user-friendly, like kind of experience. No, they suck. And you would think the they audio suck. would be better. It still sounds like exactly the same as it did in 2008. <laughs> That's why I left. Oh my gosh. I couldn't so, handle it. <laughs> the thing is, is I have my weekly podcast um, called Shelly Live on vocnation.com. And um, I love going live because my whole thing since I was little, um, I've always loved talk radio. Oh, hey, you didn't cheers me. You were supposed to wait for me. <laughs> Already in here now. Now it's down the pipe. Oh, next my God. Next time. Next time you better, you better cheers me or I'm going to Evan Williams, <laughs> you are a piece of shit. Kentucky's number one distiller. That's bullshit. <laughs> There's no way. Next time you wait for me. I will definitely. <laughs> but um, with blog talk, so um, I love that you know going live and having callers and everything because yeah. since I was little, I've loved talk radio. You know that's why I love doing podcasts and things like that. So I took a break from doing VOC Nation for a couple years, and I'm back now. And so I thought when I wasn't doing it over the phone, and I did my first like pre-recorded segment that it was going to sound awesome. And the day that I had this, this interview with my friend, right? I have this fetish model. It was a really good interview. That day I was going all over town, all over Hollywood, all over Los Angeles, looking for a better mic. I wanted this whole good setup. This is it. I'm back to blog talk or um, VOC nation. I got my interview. And so I was so excited. I edited it. It sounded great. When it went on live, because there I am listening to it, right? I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I cue it up and I'm like, oh my God, it sounds just like if I just would have had it normal, like, oh my gosh. And so now I do a pre-recorded and it sucks because my show is called Shelly Live. Mm. <laughs> but it's like, until they can figure it out, like, I'm sorry, I've invested money in equipment, not because I'm trying to be fancy, but because I care and I want yeah. it to be good. So it's, I can't have, I can't have it sound like AM radio all the time. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. In the 11, 12 years since I started on there, they can't figure out what's going on. They can't figure out the audio. I understand it's phone-based and that's cool as they get the live callers. But between there and the actual output, there should be a way to, to do something. I don't know. I but don't know either. Apparently not. Uh, again, and, uh, the Jesse, we're waiting for. Uh, we will play Would You Rather Thanksgiving Edition. Anybody who's ever watched my show, the Stern and Jesus show, you know what the deal is with that. It's uh, basically choices of disgusting and or painful things. And because Thanksgiving's coming up tomorrow as we record this, uh, that's the theme that we go with. So we're going to try it on tonight's show as well. Let's talk to Shelly about some other stuff. Uh, I don't have a bad back, but I do have bronchitis. So if you hear any wheezing or anything in the background, that's me slowly dying during the show. All right. <laughs> I hope you feel better. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, it is what it is. You know, at least it's not COVID. So, you know, well, you it can always be worse. Peppy for being a person with. Oh, I'm, I'm good at faking it. It's my life. <laughs> I hear you. Um, um, Jesse is still attempting to. Uh, to chill. Uh, Jesse, can you hear the show at least? Uh, let me know in the chat room. You should be able to at least hear it, I'm hoping. 
And feel free if you just want to type in there too, if it's too much to figure out. Yeah, if you want to ask Shelly a question or something, type in the chat room. You'll at least be able to do that. He can't can you hear see us? Okay. Yeah, can you, you have to me? see us. If he yeah. sees us, I got to shake my boobs for Jesse. There you go. Excuse me. Oh, oh there. there we go. There you go, Jesse. Ooh, I got to be careful. Throw <laughs> <laughs> your back out. Boob shaking <sighs> accident, injury. That's what happens when you're 60 years old. Oh, up there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good days when I feel 60. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to ask you about uh, obviously wrestling fans. A lot of wrestling fans follow you, and uh, the big news in wrestling obviously was the Undertaker officially retired uh, at Survivor Series. And uh, I want to ask you if you ever had any experiences with him. And I also want to ask you about the. Uh, so what I saw on Twitter was the main comment I saw about it was, man, if anything needed a crowd, this was it, as opposed to the weird fan wall that wrestling has now, which I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of in basketball or wrestling or anything else. Um, so do you ever uh, have any run-ins or any experiences or interactions with The Undertaker? You know, it's interesting because – all of a sudden, I started to see Undertaker's name pop up online, right? I don't follow wrestling. It's nothing like, ow, F them. It's just I don't, I don't, I just don't, you know? Um, and to be honest with you, like, it's not even about that because I've had my whole journey with it, but it's like, I don't have time. Like, you know, I don't have time to squeeze it in. And when I go to my... Um, I guess you would say veg out and watch something on TV. Like I have very specific genre. Like I watch reruns of like Seinfeld, Simpsons, Buck Rogers, the old Star Trek, Fingooly. So like, I just don't have, it doesn't fit. I don't have time. So I just wanted to throw that out there for people who have that misconception, those wrestling fans, like whatever. So um, when I saw that, um, I was like, oh, what's going on? And then here was my one Thing that I maybe should have researched. I thought he already retired. Did he retire and then he came back and then he retired? Is he retiring? All again? I know is that his streak ended at WrestleMania, and that was a big thing to Brock Lesnar. And then after that, oh, I know okay. the the um, the uh, documentary came out, which I haven't seen yet, but it looks pretty interesting. And then uh, I guess this is his official farewell, the 30th anniversary of him coming on Survivor Series in 1990. I could have sworn he had done that already. I could be wrong. I don't know. But I don't follow it enough to know. The streak, really that is Twitter. a big deal. But, um, you know, The Undertaker, I didn't really have too many experiences with him. Um, but here's what was interesting. The Undertaker, to me, is somebody who... I really watched have this like different kind of presence backstage, you know what I mean? Like, and not just backstage, but just like in general, even like at the, you know, whenever we're at the hotel bar or if we're at, in the plane or whatever, like he just has a different kind of vibe. And I always like to watch people interact with him because I watched a lot of people be very afraid of him and like, be afraid of him and try to stay away from him. Be afraid of him and try to get his approval. Be afraid of him and try to kiss his ass. Be afraid of him and trying too hard. Yeah. So there's those people, and that's a lot of people. 
And then I would see people who were very comfortable with him. And so for me, when I think about The Undertaker, it was really kind of like one of those like social experiments I used to play. Like, because what I would do is I'd sit in the bleachers by myself and just watch everything unfold. And I would see a lot of drama go down. A lot of drama. (laughs) And because I was always lurking in the shadows, I would overhear things. I would see a lot of things. And I would just be like, what is going on? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) So one of the things that was my hobby was watching how people would interact with The Undertaker. And it was so interesting because when I interacted with him, maybe it's because I would, that was my hobby. I didn't feel intimidated. I wasn't uncomfortable around him. I just looked at him as like, it's, how, how did I look at him? Cause like, I'm, I'm picturing myself right now being right there in that moment and looking at him and like saying something to him. And to me, I know this sounds so <clears throat> cliche, but he was just a person. And maybe it's because he had become the guinea pig of my social experiment that with my hobby. <laughs> maybe that's why, I don't know. And to be honest with you, um, a lot of the like backstage, like politics and stuff like that, a lot of that stuff didn't really come out to me until later. Like I saw a lot of it, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the stuff that like <clears throat> came out later because I just wasn't involved. So I think that because of that, I didn't know what was going on and why certain people were afraid of him. So when I think The Undertaker, I just think of like drama, controversy. It's like there should be a whole reality show based around how people treat him. And I almost wonder how people are in real life too, because imagine going to like the Ralphs or to the Kroger, and then there's the Undertaker just doing his shopping. He has a vibe. So it's like, whether he's retired or not, he's like this person that's real interesting. And like, it's like, I want to know the real, I want to know what his buddies know. <laughs> Maybe I don't, but I want to like, it, like, who is this undertaker guy? Like, who is he? And that to me is something that I've always been like, who's this man? Like, you know, because being in wrestling, I was big around bigger than life people. But like, for example, I am very open about, I don't like, um, positive vibes, I guess, but I don't like Hulk Hogan. I don't like him. So it's like comparing him to Hulk Hogan because they're both these bigger than life characters. They both have these cult followings. They're both huge, like some of the, if not the big names in wrestling, you know, I guess The Rock would be in there too. But like these different status of famous wrestlers, right? Yeah. So it's like among all of those, like the Undertaker is just so interesting to me. Like, I want to know his story. And I don't want to know his story that WWE produced something. No, I want to know for real. Like, what's what's up? Like, I want to know. I want to know, like, from people who, who know him in his personal life or knew yeah. him. Like, I want to know the good stuff. Like, who is this guy? Who is he? It's been interesting always, watching, like, like, last, sorry, uh, last three, six months, like, doing a lot of, interviews and stuff with ESPN and Barstool Sports and all that is just, you know, Mark Calloway and telling all the stories, the behind the scenes stuff. 
uh, I can understand why it'd be intimidating, especially for fans. You get lost in the character or the characters, and uh, the different incarnations of the character, at least. And it's been uh, it's been interesting to see him just do the interviews and just talk about, you know, he just did Stone Cold's podcast uh, recently for Survivor Series, and just seeing him, you know, pull back the curtain and talk about stuff's been it's really cool, especially for someone like me who liked wrestling back in the day. I'm not really enamored with the product as it is now, but um, and if you're ready. Cheers. And there you go. Jesse, if you're drinking, go ahead. We can't see you, but we'll take a word for it. Yeah, he's a Jack Daniels guy. I could have paid a couple extra bucks and had Jack Daniels, but <laughs> I've, been paying for it. I've been paying for it through this entire bottle. <laughs> I paid nine bucks for it. I got to drink it all. You have to. Look at my money's worth. And my, uh, exactly. My cool family guy shot glass. <laughs> I got for a birthday or something. One year. Uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, the fan wall? Is that something that you would be into if you're in the in the industry, like full time or whatever today? It's interesting because to me, it comes off very creepy. I'm sorry, <laughs> it comes off very creepy. And I mean, it's cool that they figured out ways to allow fans to try to get some kind of experience, especially what's yeah. going on with life right now. So that's cool. And I think it's totally positive. I'm sure the fans don't feel the same too. So I feel it's a pretty um, blanket statement to say like, oh, you know, it's not the same. There's just no argument there. As a performer, it's like one of the things that you get in the experience of being a professional wrestler is being in front of a live crowd mm. so it's i'm curious how kind of like how i talked about the undertaker i don't want to hear no pc answer i want to know the truth on how wrestlers there feel about that i don't want to hear oh no it's different and that's got to like kind of throw you off and what's really interesting is um, I've talked about this, I think, in one of my live streams. When I was in wrestling and I would go to training, especially when I was in OVW in good old Louisville, Kentucky, um, one of the things that we would do, Al Snow was our trainer, and he would have us to do – did I tell you this about this? Was it our thing last week that I talked about this? I didn't talk about uh, this, did I? I don't think so, but no, again, okay. my memory is not the greatest <laughs> <laughs> Mine is, but I feel like I ta just talked, but anyways, if I'm repeating myself, sorry. But um, so one of the things that he would have us do is this drill called 555. And what it was is you shoot someone off five times on the ropes. And then when you shoot them off, when they run the ropes, the person shooting them off does this thing called a drop down. So you're consistently doing, like, it's like, it kicks your ass in cardio. So that's one set. You do that five times. And then you like shoot them in the corner and then you follow them and they hop over you. So it's like this whole little circuit of like five, five, five. Mm -hmm. So me and my friend, Dean Visk, shout out to Dean Visk. Um, he was, <laughs> he and I just got it. We understood that the whole purpose of getting out of this drill was to just entertain everybody. So instead of just going through the drill and going, okay, five, 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 boom, 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 let's get it over with. We treated it like a match. So we'd do two drop downs, maybe one over there. And we were getting the, everyone into it so much because we would, in between it, beat each other up like it was a match, you know? And we're telling jokes, cracking jokes in it, and da-da-da. 
And we would always partner up because of that, because no one else got that we never did 555. That's why we weren't sitting there going, <sighs> because once we figured it out, we were like, oh, we got this. So one day in class, Al was so upset with everybody. And they were like, he was like, you don't think I know that Shelly and Dean never do 555? But what, do, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> he was like, but what do they do? And he goes, the whole purpose is, and da, da, da. So in saying that, up until then, I was always taught that when you're in training, you train uh, like you play, you know? So I treated it like a match. And sometimes people would make faces or be weird to me because I get into it. And it really was because they weren't comfortable because there was no crowd there to do that. And it yeah. wasn't just me. There was a lot of other wrestlers that are like-minded. Like so I would watch not only those people do that to me, but they would throw that energy to the other wrestlers too. And sometimes it would throw us off, especially if we were having an off day. So that sucked, you know, instead of being supportive. So my question is, is I'm very curious that those group of wrestlers who always kind of like tra treated training very mechanical because there was no audience, I'm very curious how they are performing in front of these, like, I mean, even before there was the studio wall there, when there was nobody, because yeah. a lot of those people, <clears throat> I won't name names, but a lot of those people are in WWE now. So that, that would snicker or roll their eyes when we'd be like, oh, oh, and it was just training. Well, yeah, dude, uh -huh. that's what you do. So I'm curious and when I get bored enough one day, I'll look it up. I'll look up on YouTube, but I haven't been bored enough yet. I'm curious with those specific people who I think of in my head that used to do that. How are they being now with not that live audience to feed off of to, yeah. and to give that illusion that you're more awesome than you really are. And I feel like people who used to train the way I've been taught to train, it affected them a little bit, but it didn't make them skip a beat because they play how they train, they train how they play. So it's nothing. So that's what I'm saying is being that wrestler that saw there's two different groups. I'm very curious if people have been kind of exposing themselves, you know what I mean? Mm. Because they don't got that crowd to kind of give that illusion. That's yeah. That's kind of the way, when, as a fan, when you turn it on, it has that very, uh, like, soap opera shot on a soundstage feel. And it, seemed, it does seem like the wrestlers are more exposed. There's, not, there's nothing going on around them. It's just them alone with, you know, a couple of people in a ring and doing their bit or they're running their promos or whatever. And it, it comes across as, like, you know, like they're shooting a television show as opposed to a sports entertainment event. And uh, I'm, I'm not a fan <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting though because like i said i mean i mean no negativity when i say this there's some people who however they get their push whether it's politicking whether it's sleeping with somebody whatever other ways other than doing it out of passion and doing um it out of because that's what you love they kind of do it out of a different a, a more egotistical way that's why they go that route right so it's like 
there's this other group and it's a good group of people. And I feel like, I almost wonder if that's why WWE has brought back some people from the past because they're the people in that group of they're good regardless. And they're going to make it work because maybe these other people are being too exposed. And it's just really interesting to me because, you know, I got to go check it out and see how some of these people are coming off on camera because the misconception is that if you're a wrestler, you can be an actor or actress, and that is very false. And I watched a lot of people think just because they politic their way to their spot that they should just be handed these different opportunities, but they suck. That's why they're those people, and that's why they do things that suck and kind of trash other people because they only have those spots because of those things. So what are they coming off like on TV is what I want to know. <laughs> Probably not great. No. <laughs> uh, no. Circle back to uh, before I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Hulk Hogan. Um, was your problem with him something specific or just a, like a general vibe? I'm not trying to be a bitch when I say this, but you're asking me. So I'm just being honest. That's right. Whenever I've been around him, I personally didn't get a positive vibe. It's not like an interaction that was weird between us. I just didn't get a positive vibe from him. Now, after, because like I said, when I was there in WWE, especially when I was on the road, right? I was very occupied by this guy who was my first love in life. And he was on SmackDown. I was in ECW. So we traveled like uh, with the same group. So I was so into trying to get him to, with his commitment issues. I had no time to politic and find out who's doing what. I had no idea. So when I was around Hogan then those few times and I didn't really get a positive vibe, I was bummed. I was like, oh man, that sucks. Like I didn't really get a positive vibe from him. And he was nice to me. So it wasn't anything like that. But then when I found out later how these different things that he did to kind of keep other people down, and it's like, dude, you know what? There's enough to go around. Like, there's enough. Like, you always need an opponent to, like, make you shine. And it just, it just irks me because I'm very old school. I was trained by the likes of Ricky Reyes and Rocky Romero back in SoCal and they're old school people and traditional. So like, I don't like that. Like, you know, if you're going to politic, okay, cool, whatever, but don't stop people from making money. That's my thing. Yeah. When I heard different stories about how he has literally stopped people from making money, that's why I don't like him. And it makes me feel that my gut feeling that I didn't get a positive vibe from him that's, and then there's some people who have great stories about him. And so I don't want to be all judgmental and be like, you know, because I really don't know him, but it's like weird to me. And I can't ignore that. Uh, I never had a positive interaction. And then I find out all this stuff later, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's definitely a lot of stories, especially online and in videos on the wrestlers talking about him that, uh, especially when he in his younger days and his you know first big run in the mid eighties, he was a. Uh, he was very protective of his his status. Anybody that threatened that was, you know, he dealt with them as any way he could and tried to keep them down as any way he could. Now, 
I don't respect that. That's what it is. I don't respect that. And I think that because I don't respect that, it like bothers me that it becomes that behavior in my opinion becomes enabled because you have this cult fault you have these hulkamaniacs and then it's not like i want to sit there and tell a hulkamaniac all this i want them to have that i want them to have their hulkamania moment but then it's like am i enabling that thing because look what i'm doing but then that's when it comes back to the fans where it's like you know what whatever whatever with him these he who whatever he chooses to do whether it's bad or not there's like so many people that like because of their fanhood of him have had like special cool moments i never want to take that away from a fan ever because that sucks and that's not my place but when i get asked about it yeah i don't like hogan (laughs) (laughs) i think i offered it in this situation but it was because i was making a point earlier yeah I, I remembered it. My broadcaster's brain remembered to come back to it. It's, uh, it's what subscribers get when they get this, the professionalism that I bring to the table. <laughs> um, we just still do, uh, still to come, Would You Rather Thanksgiving yes. edition. That's going to be awesome. I did want to ask you about a couple more things. Uh, first, uh, Paul Heyman, who I believe if I'm a, um, I don't know if I have my history right or not. I'm not that big. I wasn't that big of a wrestling fan, especially with ECW and whatnot. But I believe Paul Heyman was the owner of ECW and then it kind of went under, and then obviously Vince McMahon came in and bought it up and rebranded it or whatever and, and brought it back. Uh, what were some of your interactions with Paul Heyman? You know, it's so funny because I've had a very love-hate relationship with Heyman. And I think people mostly know that I'm a Heyman girl. You know, I'm a Heyman girl, but it's so interesting because, okay, I'm like you. I was not into ECW, not because I saw it and I disliked it. I didn't know it existed. Um, I was an Attitude Era girl for sure. So, like, that was more my thing. And even WCW, I remember there was a time where it came on, like, maybe, like, a half hour before, like, Raw did or something like that back in the day or one of the shows that WWF had. And so I would tune in just to, like, kind of pre-party into WWF. Like, I wasn't invested. Yeah, I kind of – but, like, that's why I know no storylines. I really, like, unless they went to WWF at one time, I didn't know who a lot of those people were. So I just always – WWF, that was my thing. So when I got into pro wrestling, I kind of heard about ECW, but – it really wasn't until they started talking about bringing it back when I was already in Kentucky. I was already under contract. And I was like, what's ECW really? Like, you know, I had known Francine from an all-girl promotion that I was involved in prior to um, being signed to WWE. So I knew she was in ECW. I knew I loved her and she was awesome when we worked these shows. But like, I never looked her up or anything. Like the internet wasn't what it is today. Like, you know, so... I just knew that Francine was in that once and now they're bringing it back. And then when they started to talk about, um, you know, oh, you know, you're going to be this tarot card reader and then you're going to be this vampire. um, I exposed myself more to it. And I knew Paul Heyman for when he went to WWF. So that's how I knew him. I didn't know anything else. And 
there was always something about him that caught my attention. I don't know what else to say. It was just like, <laughs> you know, when a dog looks at you and they go, <laughs> like that was how I felt. So when I went to OVW, Jim Cornette was in charge of OVW and the, um, you know, WWE having their contracted talent there. But the night like that I started and I went to their show, there's this wrestler, Santino Morella. At the time, he was not signed. And he was part of the non-contract class. And they had plants in the audience of the non-contract um, class to kind of lead the crowd, you know, into whatever for the, these TV shows that OVW would have. So Santino, he um, got in trouble by Jim Cornette because he didn't sell the boogeyman well. And when I, and then, now mind you, here I am, I just moved to Kentucky. Here I am living my dream. I got signed with WWE. It's my first night at their tapings. I go in the locker room and I see Jim Cornette slapping this guy, slapping him and yelling at him and cussing him out. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, what the hell is going on? So the next day at class, there was this big announcement that um, Cornette got fired from WWE because of what had happened, you know, <laughs> and that Paul Heyman was going to take over. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what did I just step into? And now that I'm reliving it in this way, because I guess I really haven't thought about it for a while, very consistent with my relationship with my wrestling career, <laughs> this experience, like what the hell's going on? So, um, yeah, so then that's when Heyman took over and he was, we worked with him on promos and stuff. And to be honest with you, I was finding myself being attracted to him. I was very attracted to him. I wanted to know more about him. It was really weird because you look at Paul Heyman and you just don't think that a young gal, so especially then I was a young gal, would be like, hmm, doing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a little time had gone by and I can't remember exactly what happened, but this, I just remember having this moment to where um, oh, I remember now. Okay, so we had this match, and it was me, Beth Phoenix, and Damian Sandow, who at the time was Aaron uh, Stevens. We were in a group together. So it was the three of us against Mickey James and um, Chris Pavone, who was, I don't know what his WWE name was later in life. Something, I forget, I forget. But um, we had this match, and there was a spot in the match where there was a little hesitation in a move because the timing was just a little off, but we still executed it, right? So after the class was over, or I mean, the show was over, it was a, a taping in front of um, the live studio audience there in Louisville, um, we would have little meetings, kind of like wrapping up what happened on the show, whatever. Mm. And Heyman, because Mickey had just started getting a really big push on WWE and Raw. And he pretty much said that that match was so disrespectful to her and like da-da-da and it was just terrible. And I felt so bad because A, I believed everything he said because – and then I started feeling guilty about the Mickey thing. Like, oh my gosh, did I F up something for Mickey? 
And then having somebody who I'm to <laughs> be disappointed and very vocal about it, I was like, damn, dude. So then the next day in class, we would rewatch the whole show and Al would take it apart and tell us where we did good and where we need to work or whatever. So when the time came for that part, I was cringing. I was like, oh, here we go. It wasn't even that bad. Unless you were in that match, you don't know. And so I was like, why did I just get reamed? Like, that was dumb. So after class was over, I emailed Heyman saying, like, you know, I, well, we watched it back. And I don't understand, like, where it was so bad. Like, blah, blah, blah. From that moment on, he was an asshole to me. <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and I remember one time I had a match with Bess. And he was like, now we're gonna have to walk through this because Shelly's very inexperienced and I'm like <laughs> oh my gosh and I remember we were walking around the ring and I was behind him and when he would walk I would go like this <laughs> and he would turn around and I would just and it was my Lucille Ball moment you know something Lucy would do and so I would F with him. When I started to realize he was just a complete asshole because I asked a question, I asked a question. I wanted to be clear. And like, maybe he took it like I was being entitled or something. But to me, I didn't want him to think less of me. So I wanted to literally know. And I thought we were in training to find things out and you ask questions to find out. Like, hello. So one night, um, I just had enough. And we were at an OVW taping. And I was all geared up. I had this like very gothy outfit on. And it was very known that he likes that look. And I just remember, I, he had said something. I just had enough. And I thought, you know what? I can just get away with it and say I was in character. So I turned around. I grabbed him by the throat. And I pushed him up against the wall. And I said, you like that, don't you? You like that. Now you're going to shut up and stop being a little bitch and talking to me that way, aren't you? And I just pushed him like that. And then I walked off. And I was like a movie and I was like, don't look back, let the door slam. And I didn't look back, let the door <laughs> slam. So we went to our little meeting and he goes, you know, that's Shelly Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, and he started seeing all the good things that I did and gave, gave me compliments on what I had done that night. That was, you know, good. And he goes, Shelly is like a fungus. She's grown on me. So from that moment on, I was his fungus, and I would call myself his fungus. So when I went to, to TV and WWE, um, I didn't really work with him that closely or anything, but he definitely, I felt very mentored by him. Like, he would definitely tell me what's up. He would pull me aside and be like, you know what's going on here, right? Like, they're waiting for you to do that so then that she can get that on you. And when, and it's like, whoa. And so that opened my eyes up to how to play the game. Cause I didn't even know there was a game being played. So Heyman really became this mentor to me, but I always, always, always wanted him. And there was a time where I shoot it, I shoot it. I done shoot it for, <laughs> I done shoot it stoner Jesus for Heyman hustle shoot. <laughs> Um, he asked me to, you know, be in his Heyman Hustle um, shoot, and he always produced really awesome content on his Heyman Hustle when he had these Heyman Hustle girls, and um, I met him in the Hollywood Hills, and to be honest with you, I was hoping that something would happen, and nothing ever did, <laughs> 
And um, that was the last time I saw Heyman. And I don't talk to him anymore. And I used to go out of my way to creep on him online. I would go out of my way to put my makeup on and do a video and be like, hey, man. <laughs> like, a creep, a complete creep. But um, I don't know. I, I guess one day I was just like, you know, I don't know about that Heyman anymore. I don't look at him like – instead I go – and that's a big difference. <laughs> so I'm glad nothing ever happened. And there you go. The the Shelly Paul Heyman saga. Yeah. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. <laughs> uh, before oh, before quick, we end no. the show. I'm sorry, real quick. I have mm -hmm. to throw this out there. Because this is the smoke out. This is where you get the fun little <laughs> details. Um, me and Beth Phoenix, I used to always tell her when Heyman would do that whole thing I would imitate him like he was talking to me and he'd be like I know I hate you but and that was like our whole thing so for some weird reason Beth Phoenix ever gets wind of this I know I hate you <laughs> <laughs> just had to throw that out there <laughs> um Jesse uh as we play would you rather Thanksgiving edition you can play in the chat room obviously um throw your answers out there uh, again, this is something I play on the Stern Jesus show. Uh, we've had people do I've put polls online and do it that way. Um, it's basically the Would You Rather. It's a very simple game that I ripped off of many other shows, ripped off from many other shows. You pick something. What I go with is try to uh, get a mixture of disgusting and painful and try to make the choice as tough as possible. And uh, it's Thanksgiving themed, as I said. Hopefully I did a good job. We'll see. If I didn't, then we'll see that as well. That's the way things go. <laughs> yep. So again, Thanksgiving theme, would you rather, um, a lot of people like to play flag football on Thanksgiving. It's very outside before the turkey's done or whatnot, burn off some calories or maybe afterwards, but it's not really, maybe we'll do it afterwards. But early in the day, a little flag football out in the yard. And you imagine the flag football, the leaves, the, the beautiful autumn leaves are on the ground. And that's usually what it looks like. Well, imagine that instead of leaves, you had to choose to play flag football on a field full of either dog shit so it's not there's no leaves it's just all dog shit you're playing flag football and dog shit or broken glass just a field of shards of broken glass again jesse if you want to pop in the chat room your answer shelly what do you think about playing some flag football you either dog shit and fall in dog shit or broken glass and fall in broken glass what do you think I think this is a terrible question. Oh they my all are. Gosh. Spoiler alert. They're all <laughs> terrible questions. <laughs> oh man. Because here's the thing. I by default want to say the dog poop because I don't want to be all cut up from glass. <laughs> but I'm also one of those people who I'm very sensitive to smell. I would be yep. gaggy. Oh God. Just thinking about it right now. I don't know. But then it's like, but the other choice is getting cut. I hate that. Like, I hate being cut. Like, I shave my legs. I shave my vag. Sometimes things happen. And it's the worst pain ever. So, glass. And then you're playing the football. You're going to fall down. You're going to roll around. 
But then you're asking me if I want to do that in dog poop. No, I don't want to play flag football at all then. Okay? <laughs> that was not an option. There's only two options. Otherwise, would you rather? But yeah, for that reason alone, the, the smell, I would almost by default have to pick glass. Plus, if you got, you know, I have cool scars all over the place. People ask, how'd you get all those cool scars? So let me tell you about the time I played flag football on a field of broken glass. <laughs> it I was go, a great time. No, I, I guess, I guess the poop, man. Oh, so you're going God. with poop. I'm going with the poop. I'm going with broken glass. And Jesse goes with broken glass. So he hates to puke, but he handle pain pretty good. So there you go. Two for broken glass and one for poop. If you're keeping track at home. I don't know why you would be, <laughs> but make out a little scorecard or whatever you need to do. And uh, you can keep track of all of these. Rewind it if you need to, see what get the answers right. Next, people love gravy. Gravy is a big thing on Thanksgiving. This is what I call 100% gravy. The choices are your gravy that you're eating is either 80% Ghost pepper hot sauce. Ghost pepper is supposed to be the hottest sauce. You can just imagine the hottest hot sauce you can imagine. So it's either 80% ghost pepper hot sauce or it is 20% made up of old newspaper clippings. People used to read newspapers. This is easy for me, the hot sauce, because I love hot sauce. I have a high tolerance for hot sauce. I look for... I, I'm just... I eat habanero real hot, too. I'm not talking about some white boy stuff. No offense. I'm not talking about some real, How real dare you? habanero. <laughs> I, I love hot. So even though that would be uncomfortable to be 80%. You're pretty much drinking straight hot sauce. A little bit of gravy thrown in. <laughs> but then the gravy would taste good. With, see, I, put, I would put hot sauce in gravy. I, I mean, I put hot sauce in everything. If I'm at home, it's almost in everything, but that could make you sick. That's the reason I would think I would have to avoid the newspaper clippings. I don't know how newspaper clippings are going to digest in my system. Although I know that ghost pepper hot sauce is going to be extremely painful for my digestive system. I don't know. I was leaning towards hot sauce, but now I'm not sure. Me too, because now it's like you got to think about the diarrhea. And then when you just go to the bathroom about three times with diarrhea, you're already butt hurt, like legit butt hurt. So it already hurts, it burns. And then those pains. And when I was a kid, I would chew on paper anyways. I kind of like the taste. Did you ever swallow any of the paper? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, Jesse says he hates hot stuff. He is a sissy. Oh. So I guess he's going with newspaper clippings. I think I would have to go newspaper clippings as well. I'm, I just, I can't handle, I don't like hot stuff to begin with. And I can't imagine the, uh, the digestive distress from ingesting that much. I love hot sauce though, boy, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm real excited because recently my, one of my favorite hot sauce uh, companies on Twitter, hit me up. They're like, oh, we're going to send you some stuff. I was like, oh, yes, thank you. This is what <laughs> life's about right here. This is why I do it all for hot sauce. <laughs> I actually have a promo code for my show for uh, Silk City hot sauce. And they're quite awesome. I did a whole oh. show where I tried all the different hot sauces. And uh, again, I'm not good with hot sauce. A lot of the flavors I didn't like, some of them are pretty good. But some of the flavors I'm just not, 
a fan of. The people out there, they're more of a fan of of hot sauce than I am. I'm the type of person who have, like, do you know what Grippo's uh, barbecue chips are? I don't know if that's a national mm-hmm. thing or it's like a local thing. I guess it's local to this area, like Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, whatnot, Ohio Valley. They're pretty hot, at least to me, barbecue chips, and eat five or six of them, I'm done. You know, I start watering and I, I just can't do it. <laughs> I have to tap out. So uh, if you're keeping track at home again, that's two for newspaper clippings. And Shelly again stands alone with a uh, hot sauce. But I would teeter-totter maybe to the newspaper. I don't know. <laughs> I think, you know what? No, you know, I'm Mexican, damn it. Give me the hot sauce. I, I, hot sauce. Hot sauce <laughs> is my final answer. Final answer. <laughs> there you go. All right. Next one is potato salad. Potato salad is a big thing on Thanksgiving. Imagine the potato salad. Would you rather eat potato salad made with spoiled mayonnaise and rancid eggs or potato salad made and the set of potatoes is made out of that stuff that the uh, wrestling ring turnbuckles are made of? If you don't know what that is, go Google uh, George the Animal Steel. He used to rip them open a lot and would eat the stuffing. I don't exactly know what the stuffing is, but I have to imagine it's not easy to digest. You're eating either spoiled mayo and spoiled eggs, potato salad, or potato salad where the potatoes are basically just like that, whatever that is, that's the polyester stuffing that's going to go through your Both will make me throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'm very sensitive to smell. So to smell rotten eggs and mayo, oh my gosh. So the taste, oh my goodness. (laughs) But then you think of like, all the years of sweat and etc. that's been on that turnbuckle that might have soaked in. Oh God, I could throw up right now. Hold on, I need, <laughs> I need to just sip the water real quick. The subscriber I, bonus. The first game we play, make sure I throw up. I'm one of those people that like, when I think about something, I can be like right there with it. So, mm-hmm. I can literally, if I thought about hard enough, throw up. If I'm trying not to, trust me. But, like, I, I gag a lot in life because of that. But, um, dude, oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'd rather just go hungry. What, I- <laughs> if it's a hard choice, that means I've done my job. The easy ones are, you know, the ones where I, I, I just didn't get it done. If it was too easy, then I didn't do my job. Uh, Jesse says spoiled stuff. Uh, it would it would stay in, wouldn't stay inside you for very long. That's true, but I don't like to throw up. But I both would make me throw up. So <sighs> <laughs> this is so hard. I'm taking this real serious. As for me, I guess I would have to lean towards the turnbuckle because, again, the smell would just be. Wouldn't make it. I started thinking, like, I literally had to make this decision. (laughs) And I was thinking, I was like, I was going to say, I took it real serious for a second. You know why? Because I got this, you know what? My back hurts less. (laughs) Very important. It's a very important decision. Oh, my gosh. You know. Uh, while you're thinking, Shelly, if you want to uh, yes. cheers again. 
Cheers to our you know, second show, and we have Jesse right. with us. The first time having a guest. We were killing the shit. As long as Jesse shows up, we'll be here. <laughs> so fucking bad. <laughs> this, I would rather do some of the things on this list. Bring this shit, look at me. Taking shots like a fucking moron. Let me see here. I still, okay. Okay. Oh, potato salad. Potato salad. <laughs> How big are the chunks of the mat? Um, I don't know. I guess it really doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know how this stuff would break down. I guess just like they just pulled it out and they just shoved it in there. <laughs> God, it makes me have instant cotton mouth. I don't know why. <laughs> <coughs> Turnbuckle stuck oh. in mouth. I just think that. If I had to choose one, if I had to, okay, yes. I would, head. yeah, I would do the mat because I feel like you, the smell of the rotten egg and milk, I wouldn't even be able to take a bite because it would just <laughs> get me because I've smelled rotten eggs. I've taken a bite out of a rotten egg, Oof. a hard boiled one. Um... I've had, I know what rotten milk smells like, and I know what it tastes like. And so because I know what they smell and taste like already going into it for both of them, I'd have a hard time smelling them in some potato salad, some yummy potato salad. So what I would do is take that 80% ghost pepper gravy, throw it on top of <laughs> the um, potato salad with the mat on it. There you go. Well, two for one. There it is. That's awesome. what that's what my answer is. <laughs> we, had a couple, we had a couple more Thanksgiving traditions to absolutely destroy for people. One, of course, is watching the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Yeah. Imagine, I don't know what that is, maybe an hour and a half with commercials, maybe two hours. I'm not sure. I haven't watched it in a long time. But imagine you're oh. watching the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. You either do it, A, sitting on a big pile of thumbtacks. Not those shitty little thumbtacks, like the real industrial grade steel, gonna stick in your ass, thumbtacks. Or your other choice is six feet away from you on a perch is a parrot. And that parrot is hurling racial slurs at you through the entire movie. The parrot. <laughs> You're okay with the parrot? The parrot screaming at you. All the parrot knows is racial slurs, and it's two hours of that. Yeah, I block it out, so it doesn't matter. I'm go. really, I'm a woman. I'm real good at ignoring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? More so, so the parrot than the thumbtacks. Yeah, because I, have to I could agree. tune, I could tune out the parrot and totally ignore it. It'll be draining. Don't get me wrong; it's not easy. But I could do it, and then just my focal point would be Charlie Brown's Chris or Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so, because I also have that to help me distract from it, it's fine. Yeah, I have to agree. Plus, I think I I would you know want a video of that parrot. I think that would go viral in certain sections. <laughs> Not Agreed. About making YouTube money off of a racist parrot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesse. Uh, says the same. He's also going with 
the parrot, the racially insensitive parrot. Last but not least, we come to the turkey. If you joined us last week, there was some discussion about feet, and that's what inspired this final question. Would you rather eat a turkey that is stuffed with a toe jam? If you don't know what toe jam is, if you don't wash your feet, the little black shit gets in between your toes, the whole fucking turkey, 20-pound turkey, stuffed full of toe jam. <laughs> or sticking with the feet, old toenail clippings. Well, this is easy for me. I don't eat meat, so I wouldn't eat a turkey. <laughs> I think both toe jam and old toenail clippings would be considered vegetarian. Don't quote me on that. That's a turkey. Oh, possible. God. I could throw up right now. I swear to God. Hold on. Let me get it together. <laughs> turkey stuff. Toe jam or old toenail clippings. <laughs> I don't know why the toenail clippings are getting me more. Oh, God. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know why that's getting me more than the toe jam. Because I think toenail clippings are really gross. <gasps> oh, my God. You know what is hilarious, Donor Jesus? Side note on this. Jesse here makes fun of me because my feet are always dirty because I walk around barefoot all the time. Jesse just say, damn, that's nasty. Feet freak me out. <laughs> They're clean today because one time Jesse ordered some sexy photos from me, right? And they came out so awesome. They were so sexy. I was feeling it. And when I went to like, you know, do my photo editing to make sure everything's good. The one thing that ruined the photo for me was I had dirty ass feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to Photoshop it. <laughs> I tried to Photoshop it and I couldn't make it look right. <laughs> and so I had to tell Jesse, look, this photo is really, really good. And I'm sure if I didn't say anything, because Jesse's not one of these foot fetish guys, right? Mm. So Jesse's old school. So he probably wouldn't really notice it because he's distracted, you know, by the rest of me. But <laughs> me being the perfectionist I am, I was like, damn it, here's the thing. My, just ignore the feet because I tried to do <laughs> So you know what, Jesse? I finally cleaned. And here's the thing. I'm always barefoot. Like, especially when I'm home. I work from home a lot, right? I'm walking outside, whatever. And so Jesse will give me a hard time. <laughs> He'll be like, whatever with your feet. And I'll be like, whatever, Jesse. And they're always dirty. So this is the first time <laughs> they're not dirty. And it's because I had socks on because it's cold. <laughs> there you go. So long with the feet. <laughs> so to me, this is specific. Oh man, I got tipsy. To me, Stoner Jesus, this is uh, really funny because Jesse's here and we have this ongoing, this is for years, this feet joke. <laughs> so toe jam, 
toenail clippings. I don't eat turkey, so am I exempt? What about a tofu turkey? I do. I love it. <laughs> oh. Tofu turkey stuffed with toe jam <laughs> or old toenail <sighs> clippings. I feel like I should have Jeopardy music for this. Kind of class this shit up a little bit. <laughs> the toenail clippings. The toenail clippings is just so gross. <laughs> because I can picture it. <laughs> it's just so gross it's so gross it's like it's part of you it's part of a person it the worst part more likely i guess i can think of some other things that are worse but we'll save that for another round of would you rather maybe around christmas time oh no <laughs> oh boy <laughs> see aren't you glad we're doing this show and then toe toe jam oh god the smell <laughs> this is stressing oh. me out. <laughs> I need a loadable. <laughs> what did Jesse say? Did he say what he rather? Uh, no, he said, "Damn, this nasty feet freak, freak me out." About tam, damn time they are clean. Yeah. And they were not just dirty; they were black. For God's sakes, they were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> they were. Because I went outside, I walked on like. <laughs> walked on like the you know street and everything like my feet were black i'm comfortable with no shoes like here's the thing it's so interesting though because that's just like when i'm like at home like and i'm also a person you just would never know this about me because for example when i go to like my shoots a lot of time the girls are like oh are you going somewhere after i like i like to dress up i love wearing heels but when I'm home, I'm always barefoot, and I'm home a lot. I'm like 80, 90% of the time I'm home. So I got my black feet. So if you guys out there would like to see those black feet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tip this episode will hook you up. <laughs> uh, Jesse says, I guess toenails. Oh, God. Made, he has to say that. He's made a tough decision. <laughs> I'm still loading my bowl. I don't know because <laughs> the toenails, just thinking, just I, I have a think hard time with it. As far as man, no, I'm not a medical doctor. Obviously, this is what you're I'm, not. This is what I'm doing on Wednesday night. <laughs> you're not a doctor. I thought you were a medical doctor. Right now, I feel like you lied to me. You have just put I'm on a false doctor, a... stoner Jesus. I'm just regular stoner Jesus. Um. I don't. Th I think that the chance for bacteria is greater with the toenails. And I don't know why. Again, I don't have any medical expertise to back that up. It just feels like that would be the case. The more bacteria could get under there and stuck to it, and then you clip it off. And there's, you know, you've seen those Lamisil commercials where you get the little drops and you got to put them on your toenails because you got fungus or whatnot. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying toe jam is like sterile, but by, by any means. More so when you're compared to toenails. I don't know. Maybe if a doctor's watching, then they can write in and let us know. Do you want to hear a really gross story about toenails, real quick? Sure. I've never talked about. I've never talked about this a day in my life. This is exclusive. I, my go. sister. I haven't even told my sister Danielle this story because it's really gross. This is an OnlyFans exclusive. Listen up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what I do for money. Okay. 
So I have never talked about this ever, ever, ever. Okay. So here I am in WWE. I'm overseas. <laughs> I'm overseas. Never been. You, you know, when you're in WWE, one of the things I learned is when you go on overseas or Mexico trips, it's like party time. And it was a lot of fun because that was my introduction into drinking and smoking. So there we are, um, Nottingham, England. I have never had absinthe before. I had real absinthe there. The <laughs> whole deal where they lit it. <clears throat> I remember Kevin Thorne, the guy I managed, we were at the hotel bar and he was like, you have to do this. It's a whole thing. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. So in the wee hours of the night, me and a group of wrestlers were so drunk out of our minds and the, walking the streets of Nottingham, England. It looked like a storybook. It looked like Disneyland, like the little cobblestone, whatever. So when we come back, there was this wrestler and <laughs> um, we had been flirtatious, whatever. This weird thing happened. We ended up in my room. <laughs> And um, before he comes to my room, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> before he comes to my room, right? <laughs> I take my Halloween socks off. I remember he kept saying, it's not Halloween because I had Halloween socks on, but hello, I'm a vampire. It doesn't matter. So I take my Halloween socks off <laughs> and I realize, man, my toenails are really long. So what am I going to do? This guy's coming over, da, da, da. <laughs> so I thought it was a good idea because I was real drunk on the real absent to bite my toenails. <laughs> Hot Shelly Martinez, Ariel. Hot Ariel was drunk on the absent. Biting my toenails before this guy came over to bang me. And then when he came, when he was about to come, I realized it was a bad thing I did because they're all jagged. <laughs> <laughs> so I put my socks back on. And that's why to this probably day, if he ever thinks about why does Shelly always have those, Hall those Halloween socks on? And he, ga he gave me hard time. The reason why is because I bit my <laughs> I can't believe I just said that story. I've never shared it. <laughs> it's worth the subscription Hi. price right there. Uh, Shelly Martinez. <laughs> so here's the thing. When you put the little preview together and you show this, because this guy follows me. I'm not going to say his name. He's still in WWE. So here's the thing, person that would say, why did you have? That's why. Because before you came into my room, I was biting my toenails. I think this would definitely be the first clip that I post on Twitter. That's my toenails. That's why I had the Halloween socks on. <laughs> Maybe it'll bring him closure from the incident. There you have it. <laughs> I say that's uh, a great. <laughs> 
You know, you still have not answered toe jam. I know, I know, I know. Because I started to think about it and I coughed. And when I coughed, if you heard me, I gagged. And I started thinking about the potato salad and I gagged. Because I know those toe Okay. <laughs> See, if you would bite your toenails, if you had toe jam, would you lick it out? Oh. I think that that's a great way for you to get to the answer to the question. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, here's what I would do. Okay. I would take the toe jam. I would have it on the tofurkey. I would take that ghost pepper, 80% gravy, pour it on top. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do at Thanksgiving. I got to think the ghost pepper would kill pretty much anything. I know. Made worry about. So there you have it. There you go. <laughs> I can't believe I said that story. <laughs> I can't believe it. And I hope that guy catches wind of it. He sees it on my face. And like, I hope he does because I think it'll, I think he'll think it's funny. And it says, I like to make it be the first laugh. clip. It's a perfect size for Twitter. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, before we get out of here, Jesse, if uh, I don't know what other questions you could have, but if you have any other questions for either myself or Shelly, feel free to put it in the chat. I have one more shot here. All right. It's a smaller shot because like Evan Williams whiskey is fucking awful. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll down my wine like a shot. How about that? There you go. And I know Jesse's cheering with us too. Thanks for joining us, Jesse. Absolutely. Thanks for being a subscriber as well. Look at what you get. I mean, come on. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, last night I went out to this really cute, um, like a German kind of vibes bar because starting today here in Los Angeles, they don't, they're not going to allow people to eat at all. So last night I went out and it was like, uh oh, I don't know when this is going to, who knows what will happen if they'll keep continuing to be strict, more and more strict, but I don't know. Cheers to, or that, that, me downing that wine is to, um, cheersing to good times and who knows when we can ever go out again. So this is probably how we're just going to have to be is online, hanging out with everyone online. There you go. Good reasons to subscribe. Absolutely. Drink a little too much. I don't have very much of a tolerance for alcohol. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that means you need another shot. Broadcasting ability. I will take one more shot. Why not? Fuck it. I wish I had more to hit shot with you, but I don't. <laughs> I'll encourage you, though. I'm a pusher. I'm one of those people like, yeah, right. one more. One Peer more. pressure. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think this is the end of this bottle. But I never, I never push when I see someone shouldn't have it, though. I'll say that. You know, I'm a responsible pusher. I definitely don't have an alcohol problem. I'm not driving anywhere tonight. You're not? No. <laughs> <laughs> not now. Are you going to walk home? Uh, actually, I live upstairs, so I'm good to go. <laughs> if I fall down the stairs, well, that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, so the end of the bottle. Oh, wow. You're good old well. Kentucky. Kentucky. Which, right. What is that called again? What is it? Evan Williams Kentucky Evan. Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Evan Williams. Claims to be Kentucky's number one distiller. distiller. <laughs> There's no way. Keep my bottles for some reason. This is my previous bottle, which is much better. Ooh, Apple. I could have showed out another three or four bucks and got this, but look at me now. <laughs> and this shot also ended up kind of big. Ooh. That's fine. Again, I don't yes. have a problem. No. I have a uh, frugality 
problem. That's why I'm drinking Evan Williams mm. straight bourbon whiskey. <laughs> Whatever does the trick. You ever um, have one of those days where maybe it's like 9 a.m. and you just take a shot real quick? No. That's just Thankfully. me? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's, just <me. laughs> That's just me and Jesse? Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, Jesse says, need Irish whiskey. And uh, every day, I guess, in response to the 9 a.m. shot. Exactly. And he's thrown. I mean, somewhere else is 9 p.m. Whatever's you know, 12 time zones away. Because here's the thing. For me, um, like I said, I wasn't a drinker or a smoker until I was in WWE. And I'm not blaming it on that. It's just that's when I was like, you know, that's when it fit in my life. And it was cool. Yeah. And I kind of pride myself, like, when people in my, my family have been like, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, I waited to be old enough at least. Hello. So, you know. But um, the way it was introduced to me is like, let's say we were all on a group flight, right? Or there was quite a few of us and then maybe it got delayed or whatever. We'd go to the hotel bar. I mean, um, the airport bar and yeah. we would drink. And like, it just kind of became part of it. And then once especially like I was on TV and stuff that put me around different people. So I started becoming friends with people who were like actors, actresses, musicians, and they did the same thing. So for me, it became very normal. So yeah, sometimes <laughs> nine o'clock. Oh, well. Boop. Hey, we're in a pandemic. Well, this was way, I guess I've been wow. preparing for the pandemic <laughs> for years. Training. This is what I'm going to do, though. The next time that I have that day, I'm going to record myself, and I'm going to put it on our page here, The um, and I'll put it on there so people can be like, oh, Shelly had a 9 a.m. or There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Recurring segment. Shelly's 9 a.m. shot. Yeah. Thank See, when it's 9 a.m. there, it's 12 here, so. See? See? But um, it doesn't happen as often as it used to, which is good. So I think I'm on – it's been a while. I had one the other day, though. Yeah. I mean, if I'm up before 9 a.m., I'm smoking weed, so there you well, go. Well, yeah. And here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. Like earlier today, I was like, dude, I feel like I just need to have some wine. And then I was like, well, I'm going to wait until we hang out, right? And so – I was like, maybe I just need to smoke more because I had a friend once who he had really bad back issues, like really bad. And before he became a medicator, he would drink to like help him, right? So when he started using cannabis, he was like, oh. And so that he like reprogrammed himself to be like, he, he would always tell himself when he'd be like, I think I need a drink because like my pain. He'd be like, smoke more, drink less. And so when he shared that with me, um, I do keep that in my mind. I'm just like, maybe I just need to smoke. And what I think is a big misconception is people think, especially because I am so open about my cannabis use, <clears throat> I think they don't realize that there are times where I'm so struggling, whether it's mentally or physically, that I don't know if you can relate. But sometimes I'm in such a mood where I'll be like, oh, I got to grind it up. Then I got to put it in the bowl. It becomes like a chore. Yeah. And so like it takes me longer to get there. And sometimes I'll even have like a bad morning where I'm like mentally, I just can't get it together. And then finally I'll smoke and I'll be like, dude, why didn't I do this a long time ago? <laughs> it's almost like I'm resistant to it. Yeah. And people don't mm. realize, they think, oh, Shelly's just always hot. And it's like, no, dude, you don't even realize that 
that I can get into myself so much that I'm resistant to it. And when I found myself having too many 9 a.m. mornings, that's when I was like, maybe I just need to, like today, I was like, maybe I just need to smoke more. Like, and I thought about my friend, smoke more, drink less. And for me, it works out better. No judgment to whoever is out there, whatever. It's just better to my waistline and better for my be me being productive because I do a lot. I do a lot. So it's like, yay. <laughs> always good advice is smoke more. There's times I wake up, I have really bad stomach issues, especially in the morning. And I wake up at like six, seven in the morning and it just be horrible. But instead of going through the process of making a bowl and smoking some and going back to sleep, I'll just lay down and let my tiredness or my exhaustion overwhelm me and get me back to sleep instead of going through smoking. If I just smoked, the whole thing would take 20 minutes and I would feel much better, but I just don't do it. I've been the same way like my whole life. When I was younger, I was always in the nurse's office in the morning. Like my Mm -hmm. stomach, I've had GI issues like Mm -hmm. my whole life. And it's such a thing. And I didn't realize because I just thought it was normal until I became an adult. And when I was like, oh, yeah. And I'd be like talking about like, not like, you kind of don't feel good a lot, huh? It's like, wait, what? Isn't that normal to feel that way? It's it's normal. And it's like, no. And it's really um, something that. it's rough having those issues man and and the cool thing is though is like I just didn't know why I didn't feel good a lot like my whole life and the resistant thing about like with smoking which gets on my nerves I mean god just smoke a bowl Shelly come on like hello (laughs) but that again that's why I wanted to bring it up is because it's not I wish it was all sunshine and lollipops but it's not and you know it's that's why I am so open about my use is because sometimes when people see me online they're thinking that's how I am 24 7 it's like sometimes it's taken me days to get to that like days and I went through hell through those days to finally get there so yeah I'm gonna celebrate and yeah I'm gonna share and going back to my friend I just always keep that in the back of my head because Now that I'm getting older and people around me are getting older, I just don't want any, like, I don't want any issues with, like, my kidneys and all these things because, like, I was trying to feel better with booze when all I had to do was smoke. And, like, today, like, today specifically because of this ugly pain I've been dealing with all day, right? It's like, I have been wanting to drink all day. And that's when I kept putting myself in check. Okay, why? Okay, because I feel completely drained the F out. So smoke. And I even sat there. The bong was right there loaded, Stoner Jesus and Jesse. <laughs> like there, ready for me. I didn't do anything. But did I reach for it? No. And I sat there mad and like not feeling good. Uh, hello? But smoke I just did, I didn't want to. And then I told myself when I sat there for a good 45, 50 minutes, that's when I was like, just do it, just do it. And I did. And I was like, why, why do I do this? Why, 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 why? I get on my nerves, man. My own nerves sometimes. 
And that's the worst. You can't escape yourself. So if you're getting on your own damn nerves, you're like, where do you run? But like, again, I wanted to throw that out there because I think it's important for people to know that and that if they're feeling that they're not alone and it's okay. And for people who don't smoke, maybe come across this, like, it's not what you think, you know? There's no better advice than smoke more weed or smoke, start smoking weed or just smoke some weed or any variation of the above. Or eat it. (laughs) Whatever. Are you going to do? Vape it. How are you get in your system? <coughs> it's a good thing. It's not for everybody, but for most people, they'll find benefit from it. Definitely. Right. I think it's a good spot to end episode two. Jesse, thank you for subscribing. Uh, try to get your, uh, your, your audio, your, your video stuff worked out, man. You can get on here and smoke with us and interact in a more uh, not, you know, just your name kind of way along the bottom of the screen. That'd be awesome. And obviously we have access to all of the video shows as we do them. Um, I think think it went well. Oh, absolutely, Jesse. And again, thank you for joining us and anyone watching this replay. Thank you so much um, for hanging out with us. I look forward for more sessions. I definitely needed this today. And my vibe going into this was completely different than coming out of it. And that's called a... Good session. (laughs) Absolutely. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, whatnot. We'll see you next time. Smoke out with Shelly and SJ. Peace, everybody.